Don't do that. Uh, all right. Welcome, everybody, to Waxing the Porpoise. Uh, we are here, uh, episode 21 now, uh, talking about a 1983 film, uh, Stephen King adaptation directed by John Carpenter, uh, Christine, a murderous rampaging car that's possessed. Um, uh, as just a... A routine reminder, this podcast, Waxing the Porpoise, we like to talk about films uh, my co-host Steve's never seen before, um, and then sprinkle in the occasional, you know, unexplained uh, disappearance, uh, funky cold cases that uh, haven't been covered to death. So uh, this, actually, this episode uh, where we review Christine, this is, I need to come up with a fucking better name than like something as hackneyed as like a Halloween spooktacular or something like that extravaganza as it were uh but so for the when by the time this releases on september 1st uh for the entire month of september and october we're doing strictly horror films that steve has never seen before um and first first on deck is is christine so um you got your, myself, Jim G Baby, as your host, and as as always, our co-host, the usual suspect, Steve. How are you, friend? Yo, yo, doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing doing well. Proot, that's you. Um, God, that was so loud. <laughs> was it? Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll fix it in post. Yeah, <laughs> mess with the level there. Okay. <laughs> um. Have you been this past week? Have what been, you been up been to? Do, anything been unique? doing good, man. Yeah, nothing nothing too crazy going on around here. We had to put our cat on a special kidney sensitive diet, so that's the big the big goings on around here in the cat world. She's uh technically a senior and uh at this age their kidneys start to strain a little bit, so yeah, you know, we want to keep her around till at least she's 30 or 40 years old. So we're putting on some special food, putting her on some special food, which she hates so far, but hopefully she'll come around. But she's good otherwise. This, oh, this yeah. is like preventative, like you're being ultra, yeah, it's, like yeah, as proactive all, as all you can. All her levels are still within range, but um, just proactive because she's getting to be that age. Right on. Yeah. How about you? Well, anything good on anything you. new going on with you? Um, not terribly new. Uh, pretty whole hum. Although, as we were uh, touching on before uh, the recording, I, I actually uh, appeared on a as a guest on another uh, podcast, um, who also tuned into our show as well. Uh, Friends of the cast, uh, Ghoulish University check them out 
Uh, they're pretty new. I think they're on their seventh or eighth episode by now. Um, they just got started. They do a, a weekly, bi-weekly review of uh, every Tales from the Crypt episode. What's um, the name of the show the one TV more time? series. Ghoulish University. Ghoulish University. Okay. You yeah, can find them out. anywhere. Yeah, they're on every podcatcher. Um, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, they do Tales from the Crypt like in order. So they a lot of them, I think, are... There's three hosts, and uh, two of them have only seen a couple. And then the other host has seen them all, so... They're kind of they're watching one in a in in order. I think there's like six or seven seasons, but I was on for season two, episode three, cutting cards with Lance Henriksen, which not one of my favorites, but it's it's a good one. It's a fun one. I think you'd like it too because of the uh, it's two uh, uh, gambling dudes that are like rivals that come head to head. I was gonna say cutting cards that has a different different meaning to me than it does for most people probably yeah what does that mean i mean i'm think of it just like you cut the deck what is, is there a significance yeah. to that term cutting well, there, cards, actually there is there is a, a form of advantage play called cutting where let's say well without getting too into the weeds when you're presented with the deck to cut the more accurate you can be, you can either steer a card towards you or towards the dealer. So like, let's say, let's say you're playing a single deck blackjack game and you happen to see that the bottom card is like a six or whatever. What, well, whatever the card is, if you know, like, okay, if I cut 16 cards, exactly that card will end up in this one particular place, whether it's my card, whether it's the dealer's down card, whether it's, and you can do it with other games, not just blackjack. Like, if you're playing Ultimate Texas Hold'em or something, you can cut cards to or from yourself. So that's that's what it just makes me think of. Or if you, on a simpler level, if you ju- if it's a shitty card like a six or something, you can just cut that out of play, and then adjust your count. So now you're you you just have one better card for your count. So um, that's what I think of when 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 people talk about cutting cutting cards. I can't remember if we talked about the the Phil Ivey lawsuit scandal where he won tens of millions of dollars from these casinos and then it ended up getting sued and he lost because they pretty much said he was cheating even though he wasn't. It, it was really interesting because... And no, I, I don't I, think you did. I, I hate to repeat myself if that's if we did. But what he was doing was called edge sorting. So if you were to look at the back of a deck of cards and it has like a diamond pattern, let's say, mm-hmm. if you can identify irregularities in the way those cards are cut and you're able to distinguish, okay, these are high cards, these are low cards, and through, let's just say, some social engineering of a dealer. So what he was playing was Baccarat. And he had a, I can't remember what nationality she was, some kind of Asian woman. And Bakura super, super popular with Asian people in, in mm-hmm. the States. So he's a well-known high roller poker player. So oh, casinos yeah. will take his action. And he brought her along as like a, as additional cover of, oh no, this is just my 
Asian degenerate gambler friend. And they were able to, without doing anything technically against the law, they were able to sort of like Jedi mind trick these casinos into doing these weird procedural departures based on, oh no, she's just a wacky superstitious Asian lady. But really what they were doing is setting themselves up to know exactly what cards were coming next. Huh. They won they won tens of millions of dollars. Holy and, shit. Yeah, and, and then it just became like a, a very protracted legal battle. Some of it happened over in England where the laws are a little bit different and yeah. Anyway, super interesting. Uh if, if you care at all, you can look it up. He he was involved in a lawsuit with I think the Borgata in Atlantic City and then Crockford's or Shickle Frocker, whatever British fucking. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, sorry to completely derail it. So back to your "Are You Afraid of the Dark" podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> T- Tales from the Crypt. Um, are you Are you afraid of the dark? Next, if they ever run out of episodes. No, yeah, I mean, you could go a lot of places with that. There's quite a few like horror anthology shows that have, uh, like, I know, like Twilight Zone. A lot of people don't know was like reincarnated, reincarnated like three times before the most recent one where Jordan Peele, I think, rebooted it oh, in like two, right. in 2020, 2021. I watched all of them that he put out, I think maybe two thirds of them. I gave him a real shot and I just couldn't get behind it. Like there was only maybe two or three episodes I saw out of like, I don't know, 12 or 13 that were good. And Are I they was kinda... too, is it like two up its own ass? No. Cause, cause I and like some cause... of the original ones a lot. Some of the original, I don't know if they were the fifties with Rod. Rod Serling. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those I think were that's... really cool. Yeah, like I think it's like late fifties, maybe early sixties into there. But yeah, I agree. I've I've seen a couple of the, the really old ones, and they're good. And uh, I don't know. I'm a big Jordan Jordan Peele fan too. So uh, like the stuff that he non comedic shit that he's done, and uh, I don't know how much he was involved in it. I think he wasn't like directly involved with every episode. He just mm-hmm. helped produce it and get it rebooted. But um, so I don't put that all on him at all but uh yeah just i don't think they were so much too much up their own ass they just the stories fell flat Mm. like they were just boring and generic and i was expecting not like a fucking m night Shyamalan twist that you need Mm -hmm. you know that i feel like everyone is like seeking or subvert my expectations i'm so Mm -hmm. sick of that fucking term that could be a good colloquial corner i'm i'm sick of hearing that it's like i've heard that we get it Really? Yeah. I feel like I hear it all the time. Subvert my expectations. That's and I always abs- and I always as- attach it to Game of Thrones because when that was like at its peak, like, oh, they kill everyone you love. No one's safe. You know, like, oh, it's mm. edgy. It's subverting my expectations. Like, God, I don't think I've feel- ever cared about anything less than the new prequel to Game of Thrones. I was gonna ask it. Did you watch it? No, I haven't and seen it yet, so don't spoil. I it. I have no real interest at all. I liked the show a lot. I know a lot of people hated the ending. I I just didn't like the last pretty much whole season. It the the pace was so off, in my opinion. 
I felt like they they were like, all right, we got to shift into fifth gear and try to just wrap this up as fast as possible. And it yeah. just felt rushed. And yeah, I felt attacked by the last season. So <laughs> <laughs> I took it personally. Really? Because no, nah, I just I mean, I just was like, Mer, I don't I just didn't like it. So I'm I'm not really super looking forward to jumping back into that world. I've I keep hearing how good Better Call Saul is, and I'm starting to hear people say they think it's better than Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad or pretty close. So yeah, I haven't watched any of them, so I might have to jump on that sometime soon because I think it just they, I think they just had their series finale. Is that right? Something like that. I've tried to stay away from it because it's one I've never seen either, but. I can see myself in the future getting into so because you liked Breaking I, Bad, I assume, right? I never finished it, but I oh, liked what I saw up until so that point. Good, I know, I know, I know. My <laughs> wife gives me shit all the time. She's just like, finish it. I got to a point where it was like it was like affecting me too much. I don't know. Mm. I, I can't. It's hard to describe. Like I, I was just like, we. We I, I want to relax right now and not stress out about yeah. these people's lives anymore. Like it, it was getting me too. like, I was getting too into it. Not mm-hmm. like bl- reality is blurred. It was just like, I want to, I want something uh, to make me not feel this way anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it, it can be very emotionally draining. I remember we almost me and the missus, she almost just gave up. And I remember exactly, mm-hmm. it was the episode where there was the, the tweaker parents who had the kids in this, like, fucking pigsty, and Jesse ends, ends up, like, killing one of them with an ATM machine. Do you remember that one? Yes. Dude, that's that really was weird like, you say that, because that's where I quit. That's where I gave up the ATM episode. That's that the last thing I can remember. That one was brutal. And, of yeah, course, was it like, was like, we had, we had been watching maybe the episode before. And it ended. And the thing that show is so good at is ending on a note that's like, okay, let's watch one more. So then we watch that one and he like kills the parents, I think. And and the kids are just in squalor. And then it's like, well, night, you know, it's such like a shitty (laughs) note to go to bed on. But luckily we got back into it and it, it didn't, it didn't just like, live in the darkness as much but yeah that was like god damn yeah yeah that was the point where i was like this is getting too too much i want i need something lighter and i just never came back to it so but i was a late bloomer with game of thrones too i think maybe that's why i had a different experience and i i'm okay with what they did with season eight yeah it wasn't ideal but i think there was enough and they're like i'm a sucker for like uh um, fan service and shit like that, you know, like uh, the last season, I thought they did a really good way. Like they wrapped up fucking uh, Theon's storyline. I really liked that. A um, couple other storylines I can't remember. And like, I mean, you're hound. allowed to be wrong, but <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'll wear that. You know, I mean, no, I didn't read any famous... books or anything like that. So, oh no, I didn't either. I. It was just so funny because I remember when it was really popular, sort of in the middle, you were like, this show's fucking stupid. And I swear to God, this might be a false memory, but I feel like I remember having the conversation with you like, 
I swear in a year or two, you're going to come to us, like mm-hmm. uh, me and the other coworkers, and be like, dude, Game of Thrones is fucking dope. And then, yeah. like, a year or two later, you're like, dude, that's a good show. And I'm like, this is a crazy world. This is yeah. exactly what we thought was going to happen. And all is now right with the world. It's just been revoked. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember specifically, too, because so it was like, yeah, I bagged on it because it was so popular. I was like, nah, and fucking swords, fucking Lord of the dragons, Rings, cool. dragon, horse shit. No thanks. And um, yeah, and then I remember saying all that. And then I think I got into it around like season five, season six. I started from the beginning and I had forgotten that you guys liked it and gave me shit about not and like of me being like, oh, yeah, whatever. I completely blanked that out. I legitimately oh. thought you had never seen it before. Oh, that's, and I came up and was better. like, yeah, I was like, dude, I was like, Steve, have you ever seen Game of Thrones? I was like, pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, you're like, uh, are you mental? We literally had this conversation like three years ago or two years ago, whatever it was, where I told you about it. And I foretold that you're going to come back one day and say, hey, have you guys ever seen Blood? It's actually not bad. And like, yeah, it totally <laughs> happened that way. Oh. We call that in our house a wedge salad moment because there's, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Modern Family, but there's this funny episode where I can't remember all the details, but Claire, like there's a wife who's mad at her husband and he can't figure out why. And all it comes down to is she's been, she's been telling him for years to try a wedge salad. He's like, oh yeah, no, that's okay. That doesn't really sound good. So then he goes out to lunch with like a work colleague or something and comes home and is like, Claire, you need to do yourself a favor and try a delightful wedge salad. And she just has a total meltdown. Like, I've been telling you to eat a wedge salad for years. Yeah, totally. I We actually, or Kelsey's watched most of it, I think. But uh, uh, I just recently started watching episodes like here and here and there out of sequence. And it's pretty, pretty fucking funny. It was it one is- in the back of my mind. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to. That's fine. But I'm not going to watch that. It's a funny show. I don't know. If it's a uh, if it's unique to new shows, but it seems like these network shows when they do well, it's like we are not going to stop this show until yeah. we bleed it fucking dry and all yeah. of the actors are over it. It's not like a I'm not a huge Seinfeld fan, believe it or not, but I feel like that that one went out before people got sick of it. Mm-hmm. You know, but like a modern family or even like a big bang, which we'll occasionally put on in the background. It's like, oh, we have a cash cow and we are just going to milk it until everybody hates it and then just move yep. on to the next thing. Yeah, I'm glad I kind of gave up on big bang when I did, because then, yeah, I heard later, like as it dragged on, people started hating on it. And I was like, hey, I was like, when I left the show, hey. I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was hey. like, people liked it. It was OK. You know, and now people are like. Ugh, that kind of humor like ugh. i'm like go fuck yourself dude there you can't sit with me on an episode that i choose a big bang maybe mm-hmm. smoke a little reefer and be like and you're not gonna laugh your fucking balls off i bet you will yeah so it's like get over yourself you know you can like cheese ball shit every once in a while but 
Yeah, yeah I, it's I, okay I didn't stick around have, for that. It's okay to have mindless entertainment. It's definitely good background while you're cooking dinner TV. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like low stakes. You don't got to commit. And, you know, every episode I've seen, there's at least like four or five quick quips that I chuckle pretty good at, you know. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so check out that episode. I don't know when they're going to release it, the one that I was on, but uh, I had a hell of a fucking time. It was kind of like uh, that scene I was thinking of is uh, uh, old school when Will Ferrell's like, I had a great time. And what's his face turns and he's like, yeah, Frank, we know you had a great time. Like, <laughs> I think I had a little bit too much fun. But anywho's, uh, so we're going into Christine. So uh, from 1983, John Carpenter, how familiar were you? I remember you said you read the book, so that's pretty familiar. Yeah. But. Uh, so I read the book. It's been a number of years, probably like eight, eight to ten years since I've read it. And going into the movie, I kind of had the same thought I had going into the book, which was this sounds really fucking stupid to make an entire story around a haunted car. I really yeah. like the book, and I, I really like the movie too. It's 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 not going to win any awards for anything crazy, but it's just a fun, fun right. movie. You know, it it like I remember so little of the book, I can't even speak to. Oh, this was cooler in the book, or this was cooler in the movie. Um, I just remember liking both, kind of for the same reason. Where it's just fun, you know. Yeah, sweet. So you liked it again. He shoots. He scores. Um. Can you guess who my favorite character is and why? Or I guess I should say I, my favorite actor in this. I, yes, actually. Uh, <laughs> fucking uh, Old Man River, South Bend Shovel Slayer. Yep. Back in 58. Yep. I was like, God damn, how does this guy... This is made... <laughs> He looks older. Six or seven years before Home Alone, but he looks 50 years older. Yeah, he looks so much older. I think it's that fucking, like... His uh, girdle? Yeah, like, that little back, back brace. brace. Looks like the fucking thing from the dudes wearing in Dead Space. Uh, yeah, it's like a, a secondary spine, like a back... Like, yeah. That makes Maybe. him look older and more decrepit and slightly more menacing. Saucy little old man corset. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, is that who I think it is? Yeah, I didn't I remember for that name. from the first watch, and I was like, oh shit! And I, yeah, I looked at him up. Even weirder that dude's name, Roberts Blossom. Yeah, I when I looked him up too, I was like, Roberts Blossom. <laughs> I don't know which one of those is weirder. It was funny. One of my favorite lines, uh, maybe not favorite, but a really funny line was when uh, they meet him to buy Christine. Mm -hmm. And what, I took the note down here. What's he say? He's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, you should have seen it back in 58, fresh off the lot, new car smell. Uh, that's just about the finest smell in the whole world, except maybe for pussy. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was weird to see his, like, 
he's like the 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 hero, like the old nice old wholesome man from Home Alone, and seeing him in this this crusty old fucker. It's funny. Stephen King has done like I've I've read not a ton of his stuff because I feel like by the time you read one of his books, he's written four more. Yeah, but I've I've read a decent amount of his books, and he has this. I don't know if trope is the right word, but he has this uh, story function where it, it sometimes comes across as being really spoon feedy when he's trying mm-hmm. to uh, make you aware of something. And it reminded me in this one when that guy's talking about like shitters or whatever. And then, and then the kid yeah. starts saying it. It's like, okay, that's a very unique like insult that nobody ever says. And it's, it's right. very clearly trying to just shove right in your face. Like this is what's happening. The kid is becoming like the other old man. Yeah. And then, and then later when he, the kid says something like that too, like, Oh yeah, it's the best smell ever since pussy. Like, yes. Okay. Yeah. We get it. The transition is happening. Yeah, you don't, he's starting to mimic. Yeah, you don't need to talk to me like I'm a six year old. I get what's happening, but <laughs> yeah, he he's done that in a, in a couple of his books too, with like really weirdly unique lines of dialogue or insults where it's like, okay, I understand. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's funny you picked up on that too because I was gonna mention, but I wasn't gonna uh, present it in that way. But uh, yeah, I agree and. I will say to his credit though, I feel like that's like slang between uh, Arnie, our main character and Dennis. I feel like they say like, give those shitters hell. Or he says something like that when he's in nerd mode still, like at the beginning of the movie. So I'll maybe give that one a pass, but I can't think of an example of another Stephen King, but he does use these like little fucking like Mickey mouse, like his own slang. Mm hmm like a yeah. word or a phrase that he had. I, I wish I could think of one. I feel like there's got to be one in it. It's probably the most there, recent one that there I read There's probably of his. one in more of his books than there are not. Whether it's like yeah. a made up word or like a And I a think I don't think Dark Tower you can lot. include. I would say separate of Dark Tower because he they have like their own language and all that shit in there. But um yeah, I feel like even in like little, like smaller films, like uh, Needful Things. I don't know if you've ever read that one. I read I feel that. Like that one. has its own kind of vernacular too. That is, I loved that book a lot. One of the worst fucking endings of anything, whether it's book, film, TV, song, anything. <laughs> it is the dumbest ending. It's been a really long time since I read it, but there's this evil person who runs the uh, antique shop or whatever consignment store isn't and he supposed to be like a like a the devil or randall flag or the sure. man in black or yeah it's <laughs> it's that sort of amorphous evil figure person and, and yeah. I, I do like there's a lot of overlap in his stories with characters or whatever and right. that that book was really cool because there were so many storylines happening at the same time that were all intertwined and it was really creatively done and interesting and unique. And then it gets to the end and I swear to God, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I don't think the way the good guy is able to defeat the bad guy is he reaches in his pocket and pulls out a rainbow and it like melts the bad guy. Like, where the fuck did this pocket rainbow come from? This doesn't make any <laughs> sense. 
Oh man. Yeah, that sounds god awful. Yeah. I I should go revisit that the ending just to see like maybe I missed something in my retarded teenage stupor, but I remember closing the book just like so dejected and pissed. Like <laughs> he threw the, it across the, the room. Shit? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, side question. Did, did you ever watch the dark tower uh, movie that they made no. with Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba? No, I didn't. I just figured yeah. it was going to be dog shit. Yeah. And I, I guess it I only watched like, like four. Yeah. It was not well received. Is the, is I think the movie were, supposed to cover the whole series or just, was it going to be like a, I don't know. Cause don't when know I, word. when I, when I heard first that they, that they were shopping it to like HBO to make it a fucking drawn out series, which is what they should have fucking done. And it probably would have been amazing. It could have been amazing. Um, and then they scrunched it down to a movie and they, and I read that they had to, there was no guarantee of like sequel or trilogy. So they had to like come up with, uh, enough of enough breadcrumbs to maybe go on, but they also had to kind of tie it up and change things for this oh. movie to try so to it's make the worst of had, both. Yeah, exactly. They were trying to cater to, you know, the people that, were loyal to it and know the story and everything and want to see it go on, but then also try to grab in the people off the street that like, you know, want to watch a good Stephen King adaptation or just a, a good, you know, action movie. And yeah, they failed miserably on both ends. It did poorly. I think I only saw like the first 40 minutes and I was just like, no, I was like, this yeah, is a right. bummer. Cause yeah, it, it, it is sucks a really good. It's a really good series. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And I honestly think like with HBO money and it, going it getting like a series treatment like hour-long episodes 10 episodes a season maybe wrap it up in like five or six seasons maybe four who knows uh i yeah. i think it, it could be done really well and it sucks because i i feel like matthew mcconaughey is like almost a perfect man in black for that series i feel like he could do it really well and or was although it he pl- I, oh wait oh so he was playing the man in black and idris was playing the gunslinger Roland, yeah, which I'm totally fine with. I like Idris Elba a lot. I wonder if there's not someone else who could have done a better job. Um, Maybe Clint. So it's definitely not like a. I know there's a lot of people that got fixated on race. I I think Idris Elba's. He's like one of my favorite actors. Firstly, and I thought it was kind of. I I think he could fit that mold. For sure, I could see him as a Roland, but I think everybody at the end of the day bitches and moans because if they they should have made it earlier and they could have done it with Clint Eastwood, he was like the thing that even Stephen King I think said he had in his mind's eye. So. Yeah, I could I could see that too. I mean, he's just that he's just that archetype, you know. And I don't I don't really I can't really think of anybody in modern times who who even who even has like a similarly kind of grisly demeanor you know yeah i think uh i I don't know if you've seen that reacher tv show on amazon prime not the movies with tom cruise they just came out this year with a um like a hour-long miniseries of reacher and this other dude this other dude who plays reacher and he's like he looks like he's like six four built like a brick fucking shithouse yeah, to me, I, I was heard, like, I could see him if he like thinned down, you know, if like starved him for like a year, uh, he could be a good Roland. 
I, I heard him on a podcast not too long ago, and he seemed like a really fucking cool dude. Yeah, super down to earth. And then I looked up a picture of him. I was like, Jesus, this guy is a brick shit house. Yeah, he's a fucking unit, dude. What's the, um, what's the guy who plays Bane? What's his name? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Yeah, his his character in uh, Peaky Blinders, if you have seen it, is so good. Yeah, that's one I've been meaning. Even my mom's like, you got to watch Peaky Blinders, dude. I'm yeah, like, we love watching it together. It's great. I've tried to watch a couple and like with kids running around, dude, it is fucking, uh, pretty full throttle, full throttle and cursing and, and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, I gotta wait. If anybody hasn't watched Blinders and they, they want to start it, it's a great show. I would love to see a SIG counter, you know, like how many, (laughs) how many cigarettes are smoked in that show? It's gotta be in the, in the five figures. At least it's unreal. Sixty four hundred thousand. Dude, you cannot. Million. They cannot go one scene without somebody or eleven somebody <laughs> smoking. And you know, it's not one of those things where you see somebody drinking a beer and you're like, "Oh, that makes me want to drink a beer." They're smoking so much. It's like this makes me queasy. Yeah, how I much? Feel sick how much right they're now. smoking? Yeah. Even yeah. as a former smoker, I'm like, God. Damn, let the last one burn out before you light a new one. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, I there's definitely it. those out there where you watch and you're like, oh man, cigarette sounds great right now. But then yeah, there's too much going on. Or like when there's a scene where they're smoking in a car and you can see it billowing uh-huh. in the car, that makes me feel a certain way for sure. I think Tom Hardy would do a good job. Long story short. As a as a Roland? Yeah, or just like a gruff. Like a gruff guy. He's but actually yeah, in a good. That's too bad. He, have you ever seen Bronson? No. With Tom Hardy, it's about a uh, like a British street tough that was like he he's a it's a true story uh, that was like in and out of prison his whole life and he ended up, I think he ended up spending like more years in prison uh, alive than out outside of prison and he was just like. He could fight anybody. He was like tough as nails, and like uh, he plays him. Tom Hardy does, mm. and uh, it's it's pretty pretty intense, pretty interesting movie. But uh, anyway, I let's get back to Christine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking straight. zero minutes on it. Yeah, to, I mean, there's no, really not a whole lot. To, <laughs> it's a fucking car. It's haunted. Yeah. I, I think there are some some interesting points though to touch on, and yeah. um, I guess just to set the table too. So, uh, Christine, it's it's a a haunted car, possessed car. It's a nineteen fifty eight red cherry red Plymouth Fury, um, and there the our main character is Arnie, Arnie Cunningham is fucking he's a mess, uh, like the most like. Like stereotypical like prototypical you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Goofball. Uh who means well, I guess. And uh he's when actually got him... some funny lines when he is still in like nerd mode. Yeah. I thought <laughs> so I was looking up some of these actors and and, and the nothingness they went on to do. Right. And I was yeah. kind of surprised. Like I thought they all did a pretty pretty good job. Like it didn't come across yeah. as super cheese ball for eighty three or whatever it was. 
Yeah, totally. I was just, I felt the same thing, like, especially the lead, like Arnie, uh, Keith Gordon, he went on to just be in a few things and then ended up directing. And then, uh, looks like the last 10 or 15 years, he's like directed, you know, TV episodes, like oh. one-offs just bouncing oh, around cool. and playing yeah, I, that game. I, think I just looked up his actor filmography. Yeah, it was pretty lean and I was surprised. And then to the, the, his buddy, his main, uh, the second, uh, main character probably arguably with Alexander yeah. Paul is, uh, the dude who plays Dennis, which is the fuck is his name? John Stockwell. I yes. knew I recognized him immediately as Cougar from Top Gun. I saw that in his credits and I couldn't picture Cougar in Top Gun. I've seen Top Gun one a lot. So I, I knew it immediately it's the very beginning when they're on their first mission oh, is he the one who and he like loses his shit oh. yeah and he like he's all like uh, staring at the picture of his wife and daughter gotcha. and he goes in and he turns in his wings he's like oh, i haven't even seen my daughter my family and i almost orphaned her today and he's yeah. like he's like I'm, I'm out i'm not cut for it and that's when like probably my favorite line from that movie the bald dude who played strickland from back to the future when he tells goose and um, Mav that they got to go to fucking Top Gun that he's he's forced now by Cougar dropping out to send them to Top Gun and then he says if you fuck this up I'll have you fly in a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit to <laughs> Hong Kong <laughs> that is a great line uh, <laughs> dude the new Top Gun is favorites. so goddamn good yeah I watched I streamed a cam of it and I was like that was pretty, pretty neat I know in the theater it would have hit me a lot different because the cam even though cams have come a long way um, yeah I'm a dirtbag but uh, it was it was pretty shitty it made over a billion dollars I think they can afford to have one yeah. dipshit I mean watch a cam I don't give a baker's fuck but I know there's a lot of people who are like you should you know respect the artist don't do that like fuck out of here um but there there is a spectrum in my opinion if it's like a small yeah i don't do that to like art house indie shit i like that shit so i support it you know like legitimately but yeah like fucking all the avengers movies marvel all that shit i cannot um i cannot wrap my brain around how popular that whole world is but apparently i'm in the minority so we won't even we won't even go there. Let's <laughs> let's add all of those movies to the don't give a shit about, we'll never yeah. watch, ever list. I like um, some of the Avenger films. Well, one of my favorite parts about this movie, that was like a, whoa, that's weird. And that's saying a lot in a movie about a haunted car <laughs> is, um, I mean, growing up around dudes, you've seen you've seen your fair share of like, fighting whether it's like real fighting or play fighting or bullying or whatever right i I, i'm guessing by the look on your face you already know what i'm gonna say or no yeah i I have never i I have never in a serious fight seen somebody just grab another dude's dong yeah (laughs) that's not a move that that is somebody who just wants to get a handful of that guy's junk like yeah what (laughs) Holy cannoli. Yeah, you think yeah. he's gonna like they zoom in the right or in trip on him that, and he just like grabs it like whoa, what? Uh, yeah, Was this just... a thing back then? And yeah, the only thing that could have made it worse is if like he called him a queer as you know, he's grabbing his junk, like, oh yeah, you homo. It's like, what? You're 
you're the one who wrapped <laughs> five around my Johnson. <laughs> I thought that was so oh. bizarre. Back the fuck up, Antonio. My <laughs> dick. <laughs> oh, He's Kelly Preston's in it. The, quite the basket. Yeah, forgot, she is. I'm glad to you mentioned that. Yep, I made a note of that. Rest in peace. Didn't she pass away? Yeah, I think like a year or two ago, breast cancer. Super yep. sad. RIP. Pour one out. Uh, yeah, I made a note of that small, small little role for her. I was like, hey, I know that lady. Yeah. I mean, she spent all those years being a beard for John Travolta, and then she gets taken yeah. too early. It's just, it's not fair. It's fucking Bill Paxton all over again. Don't even get me started. Mm-hmm. I saw his family just settled with the hospital, too. So hopefully Bill Paxton's family? Yeah. Because they've been, they've oh, been involved in, in a long back and forth lawsuit. Holy shit. Not to get sidetracked, but is that, uh, so that there was, um, negligence. Well, there was a part a, of his, there's, that's what's claimed. So huh. what I'd always heard was whatever cardiac, like infarction or whatever issue he had that ultimately mm-hmm. took his life. Uh, from what I understand, it was like, oh, this has a 99.9% mortality or fatality rate. It's like such a devastating injury that the fact that they couldn't save him is not that unusual, right? So right. that's kind of just the way I thought about it. But apparently the, the family is saying that he had a surgery like a week or two before the complication that ended up claiming him. And so they're, they're saying cla- that caused that they're, they're claiming that the surgery he had, which it sounds like everyone knows is it's risky. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a high, highly sensitive surgery. They're claiming it's not just normal risk and danger. They're, they're claiming that this surgeon is like reckless and he's got kind of a, a reputation for being shitty. And mm-hmm. yeah, so when I first heard about it, I was like, they have no chance. They might get some just go away money because the hospital right. doesn't want to have to deal with this. And I think it was Cedar sinai in LA, which is like one of the premier yeah, hospitals. Yeah, you hear that name, you recognize it. But the, the more I read about it, it was like, uh, they might have a little bit of a case if this guy is, you know... If he's got Some a little bit of a reputation fucking, for yeah. whatever, so yeah, they reached a they reached a settlement that they didn't disclose the details of, but it said they're both happy with it. So, well, yeah, if it turns out he was, they were in the wrong, and he was taken too soon. Good for the the family, at least, on getting something. Yeah, I mean, even even if, though they probably didn't need it with, uh, yeah, it it might just where be Paxton like was, but emotional vindication of. Well, at least we can blame this yeah. person instead of, you know, yeah, shit like, happens, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's such a bitter pill to swallow. Not to get, like, morbid, but, like, you know, when you think about, sometimes I'll think about, you know, you hear the fucking random shit, how you can just, you're just gone in a blink. And, like, one of the ones that scares me the most are fucking, um, God, what do they call them? Drawing a blank. Uh, like an aneurysm? Yes, brain aneurysm. Yeah. Like, dude's taking a shower and fucking collapses and dies. Or, like, there was one dude, he was in a shower, he fucking collapsed, bumped his head. He's like, oh, fuck. You know, and he got out and dried off. And I was like, oh, I fell in the shower. And his wife's like, are you? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then the next day, fucking just, he died in his sleep. 
yeah. from that. Like his brain was just bleeding, but he, yeah. it didn't like hit him. Like that shit's fucking scary. So I can see. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I could uh, see John Ritter. You know, he was just like yeah, walking dude, down the grocery so store, had like yeah. a massive something, and it's like, oh yeah, gone. Well, and even yeah. just um, like accidents, you know, you could just be driving down the street and yeah, you get T-bone and you're gone. Yeah, shit like that. It's, so I can imagine being in that situation of Bill Paxton's family and having the opportunity, and it's like you did this, like giving you something, you know. Uh, even though I'm sure it's you know totally bittersweet, but uh, so I don't I know. Understand that. I don't know if this was like a local story only to like Northern California, Northern Nevada. But are, are you familiar with the 16 year old girl that went missing from yeah. the campground? Did you hear yep. the resolution to it? The only thing that I've seen about that is that it was like the cops; it, they couldn't find her for like two or three weeks, and someone contacted so, this this group yeah, on so YouTube. Just that, a little bit of background, not not to cut you off, but just if anybody's listening that hasn't heard the story, this sixteen-year-old girl, her name's Kylie Rodney, I think. She's at a campground next to a lake up in the Tahoe area, and just like partying, whatever texts her mom that she's heading home. She's been drinking, but she texts her mom that she's heading home. And then nobody sees her for two plus weeks. Cops are looking everywhere. So that area is pretty close to a border between two counties. So they've got sheriffs from both counties. You know, they've got, I think they logged 20,000 man hours, quote unquote, based on their whatever. Yeah. Can't find her anywhere. Yeah. They, they think she's been abducted. <laughs> because they can't find her car. And then as the, the investigation is kind of stalling, then the, the sheriff comes out and is actually getting kind of shitty with the public. Like, you know, there was a lot of kids at that party and you know, they're just not really telling us very much, you know, they're afraid of getting in trouble and you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of fucked up that they're not, you know, and sort of blaming them. Yeah. Super professional. (laughs) Yeah. So then there's these YouTube guys. I don't know too much about them, but they're divers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, we can come check it out. And within a fucking day, they found her. And yep. they found her like, I don't know, less than a football field from where she went missing in 14 feet of water. And the cops were like, oh, no, we searched that reservoir. Don't even... Don't even bother. And they're like, well, we're going to take a look. Well, yep, there she is. And, and the cops were like, well, I mean, the water did go down three feet. So, yeah, I mean, I, my first thought was like, didn't they dredge the fucking lake? And I, and I also will throw them a bone because I understand, you know, Lake Tahoe is fucking pretty massive, but it wasn't even still. It wasn't. No. What it lake was, a, was it? It was a fucking. It was a reservoir at the campsite that oh, she was missing. It was like okay, right so there. That's that's even more inexcusable. Then I was yeah. I was giving them. I thought it was like Tahoe. Like she went missing. I f- I thought they were in like South Lake or something. But um, yeah, that's even worse for them. Yeah, that's a bad look. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know everything. They they might have done a a fine and thorough investigation, but it certainly looks unusual that these. Yeah. That these YouTube guys are like, we'll take a look. There she yeah. is. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, it could have been one of those things is just blind luck, dumb luck, and yeah. like you know maybe they did do their due diligence, but sure. some weird thing with like the tide or you know the water level or something. Maybe that was indicated, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Without or, digging or maybe, into it too deep, it doesn't look great. <laughs> yeah, or or if the initial search, if they're assuming that she goes off the road into the water, she's going to be within, I don't know, 100 yards of shore or whatever. But if right. for some reason, you know, the, the air pocket in the car held her afloat longer and she's 400 yards from shore, like inexplicably... Right. Um, then, you know, maybe that's a little more reasonable, but yeah, it, it was just a, it was such a dominating story in, the, in yeah. my neck of the woods. And then they're like, oh, these guys are coming in. Oh, they found her. Like, Jesus, that was fast. Yeah. Yeah. It was less so out here. I was hearing about it, but I knew I seen like people I'm, I'm still connected with on socials were posting about it and talking about it there. And that's when I saw a couple days ago, I think the YouTubers had found her, but yeah, I mean, totally. They could have had a, a certain, like a well-educated initial search grid and yeah, for whatever, maybe some funky thing blew her out of whack of that, you know, like the, the first area that you would plot, you know, when you're starting a search, but uh, or imagine if they, they brought in a specialized aquatic search and rescue person to do like sonar mm-hmm. and they're like, no, we didn't see anything. And the, the cops are like, okay, well I'll take your word for it. So moving yeah, like on those to the, are the experts thing, with that shit, you know? Yeah. And it's just some dipshit who, you know, so yeah, don't want to impugn them too much, but it was just a crazy story with a, a wild, brief ending yeah that is crazy too like the the day this day and age where people are so like hyper connected and stuff and like have the ability to like like with the technology available and like networking and getting there and being able to do that like it's it's pretty crazy because like yeah about 30 years ago that'd be way different you know it might be one of these you know hundreds or thousands of people that just go missing and they never fucking find them you know Mm mm-hmm um, but yeah, that part was cool where, uh, the car cut the guy in half. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought I was of two minds when you were like, do you know what I'm going to talk about? First was the dude fucking grabbing the guy's schmack. And the second was, I thought you may comment on how old the fucking bully looked buddy Repperson. I was like, oh, this dude's yeah. 37 years old. <laughs> yeah. This and works is as older a than bouncer in a fucking titty bar <laughs> called fucking dimples and bruises or pimples and bruises rather. Um, yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. It was like, it was like a, a John Travolta clone from like the seventies, eighties on steroids. Uh, yeah, so, okay, so just to backtrack slightly, so we got two dudes, one one dude, he's like, he's on the football team, He he's like popular, but he's cool, and he's been friends with this nerd his whole life, it seems like, Arnie, and then Arnie gets a car, which is Christine, which turns out to be haunted, which we, I don't think that comes into the fore until later, but yeah, like the guy, the South Bend sho- sho- Shovel Slayer from uh, Home Alone, uh, sells them this car and he's weird. And then weird shit starts happening almost immediately with Arnie. Um, it starts kind of like affecting his personality and he's starting to change from like a nerd into like this fucking 
tough cool greaser kind of yeah cool he's he gets a girlfriend out of the blue but the glasses come off yep yeah one of my just to backtrack real quick too like when he's still a nerd right out of the gate like it reminded me the fun the funny ass interaction is uh his buddy dennis is trying to he's like we should get you laid it's your senior year you know he's like uh what about the what about uh, uh Gail Justin, huh? Yeah, he's like, uh, just in case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't like her mustache. <laughs> the nerd says that. And yeah. then his buddy's all, the fuck you are. And he's like, what do you care if you get a little hair in your mouth? I was like, dude, that's like, maybe I'll just beat <laughs> off. Like, this is such weird dialogue. Yeah. And then, dude, one part that I didn't pick up on the first time, and I was interesting, I was interested to hear what you thought. So he says, uh, he's like kind of sheepish. He's like a nerd. He's like, he's like, uh, because he's like, what about this other gal? She's like a walking sperm bank. And he's like, uh, I don't think I have the minimum deposit to open an account. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then his buddy Dennis says, are you kidding? You carry your life savings between your legs. So does that mean this dude's like hung like a horse? That's what I took. And he's no, just I, like I playing it, coy about it. I think it means he's super backed up because he's never like busted a nut before. Ah, okay. I gotcha. I was like, what is, what are they trying to say right there? And then he's like, yeah, I think I'll just beat off. Imagine being a a dude who's going into your senior year, desperate, never been with a chick. And they're like, Oh, Hey, what about this cute gal? He's like, she's a sophomore. Like who gives a fuck? It's not like she's in sixth grade. It's like, yeah. Oh, oh no, she's two grades below me. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so from there, yeah, like it just kind of ratchets up. Like he gets more and more like hypnotized and possessed by this car, and and then it becomes murderous at a certain point. Um, like they have the run in with the fucking walking meatball. Uh, buddy Repperton, who plays like, like the main, he's like the main bully against Arnie. That is like perfectly set up. Like, okay, this dude's gonna die at some yeah. point <laughs> via the car. Um, and so to touch on the car too, so it's a 1958 Plymouth Fury. Uh, I read up on it a little bit. I'm not a huge car guy, um, but I saw Stephen King wanted like, I guess it's not you know, like a super popular or like famous car during the time. So he wanted to go with like, kind of like more like a dark horse, more like a, uh, a little bit more obscure kind of car to be the, the title character. And it's funny too. I read that this was like Stephen King was on such a hot streak of like people adapting his films and like, and his prolific, uh, output, um, at that time from like the mid seventies to like the late eighties that, Christine was already optioned and they began production on this film before he had even finished the book. Oh, that's did you know that? No. Yeah. Because from my, yeah, I was my like, mind, dude, I that's fucking like wild. It seems like most of his, the books that become movies are shit. Well, I mean, if you th- like shining, Shine, uh, yeah, shining solid. I'm trying to think, uh, pet cemetery, Salem's lot, uh, did he do Silver Bullet? Was that a Stephen King adaptation? Silver, Silver Bullet's in there. Um, he had, had quite a few. I haven't seen Pet Cemetery or Salem's Lot. I've read both of them. Oh damn! The OG Pet Cemetery is pretty cool. 
Pretty cool. Salem's Lot's dope. Um, Did you ever watch the... What was it? Like Hulu did a miniseries on 11-22-63? Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. But yeah, the the, uh, JFK book. The conspiracy time travel book. Because you read that one, right? I did not read it. Kelsey oh, read it. Did. Oh, dude. No, it's Kelsey so good. read it actually. Yeah. And she's like, dude, this is fucking great. And I was like, yeah. It's one yeah. of my favorite of his. One of my favorites. <laughs> I can't wait to I get to hike school, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Stay here. It's as good. As long as you can. Yeah. I watched uh, some of the show, and this was when uh, James Frango wasn't canceled. Um, but I thought he did a pretty good job as like the protagonist apropos of nothing, like not knowing anything about the fucking book, but I thought the show was pretty neat. I like, I, I understood too. Like I, I went back and looked at like the premise, like the synopsis of, of the book. And I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting because I'm a big you, JFK conspiracy guy. So didn't you check it out from the library? Yeah. And I ended up not reading it and Kelsey did. And she kind of like filled me in like every part of the way. So I kind of like, I read like 20% of it, I guess, by osmosis, by her talking about it and giving me updates on every like eighth chapter. Dude, it's so good. I would, I would recommend you or anybody to read it. Right on. Yeah. I've been, I've, I've set a goal to like read more. So I think that would be a good uh, avenue is to go Stephen King route for sure to get, to get back into it. But, um, Ah, fuck. We went off on a tangent there. Uh, where did we leave off? Oh, okay. Yeah, so oh. The, the slow transition into cool guy from Dork. Yes. And I liked his interactions. Like, I felt, I mean, for his, for his hammy of a premise as we're going for, I kind of, I bought his interactions with like his parents and like how he escalated, like, goody two shoes, like doing everything his parents said nerd into like wanting more freedom, getting a car and like tell him to like that one, like offhand. He's like, like his uptight parents uh, are like trying to talk to him and he's like, okay, that's it. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. And you can tell it's like, <laughs> this is a household that no one's ever, he's never said fuck in within yeah. a thousand feet from his parents. You know, like he plays chess and he talks about how he played Scrabble with his folks at 17 and 18 the night before, you know, like he's straight laced, you know, he had, he's like on chess club and like the debate team and everything, you know? Uh, so that part I thought was fucking really funny. And then, um, so his parents are pissed. He buys this fucking car, so he can't store it there. So he ends up storing it at a place called Darnell's, which is like, it seemed like a, a place where you take your beater and go fucking pay like a nominal fee and like work on your car. Yeah. Cause you're like struggling to like, you can't take it to a real mechanic look like a chop shop junkyard kind of situation. So he starts developing that connection and also becoming like a grease monkey at the same time and learning how to work on cars and fixes up Christine and it's fucking cherry. And then I thought one, one part I thought was really cool. Um, was the song that starts playing when he's got like finally i think it's right before he gets it up to like full cherry like this this car is like 
pimp shit. Everything's been restored. There's a song by a dude named Johnny Ace called Pledging My Love. And the lines are, so he's in the car and he's like hugging the steering wheel kind of. And he's like having a moment with Christine, (laughs) the fucking car. And the song comes on Pledging My Love. And it says, always and forever, I'll love just you. Just promise me, darling, your love in return. May this fire, uh, may this fire in, in my soul, dear, forever burn. So I remember the first time I was like, oh, okay, here's the transition. It's like he's talking to the car. I love you, blah, blah, blah. And I thought about it this time. I was like, it seems like, you know, he's talking to Christine. I was like, I think it's the other way around. It's the fucking car is singing to him. And it's like, this is the moment where they're like blood packed or like, the transformation like locks in and like, like, uh, like she already had her hooks into Arnie kind of, but this yeah. is like what sets them. Cause from this point on, it's like shit gets real. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned the music. I and love I the lo- music in this. I thing. love that. Like fifties do up, whatever you want to call that shit. But it's funny because <laughs> this, this movie is bookended <laughs> on either side by one of the worst songs ever created that I could, I could no. go, a, I could go a thousand years and never hear fucking bad to the bone again. And it would be no too way. soon. That is the no worst. Way. That is the worst fucking song I can think of, but everything in between was awesome. I hated it at the beginning. I hated Just it. Just been revoked. I hated Dude. it so much more when they finished on it. But yeah, everything in between I loved. Bad to the bone. Somebody is, is going to take that thing and stuff it right up your ass. Dude, I can't believe I hate that I'm hearing this heresy so from you right now. Holy fuck. Oh my God. Dude. Bad. Dude. That, that song gets me fucking pumped. I like the usage of, at the beat, how it's bookended like that in this film. It's like, it immediately makes me think of T2. Because that scene's so dope when he goes in. I need your boots. I need your clothes. I need your motorcycle. Like, you don't even like it in that context in T2? Uh, I, yeah, it's it's fine. <sighs> because that, that I, scene, that I, I scene will, is so great. Yeah, it it overshadows the shitty song. I think it fit that scene fucking perfectly. And I will give you that that song feels a little out of place, maybe more than a little out of place in this film, because it does have such dope like doo wop shit juxtaposed with that John Carpenter, like that fucking synth heavy, like creepy fucking 80s vibe. Um, mm-hmm. which I love. I like those. I love those two things. But yeah, I, I mean, I'll agree that that one, you know one of these things is not like the other. But um, <laughs> on the the subject of the soundtrack, yeah, I'm glad. Uh, that's funny. I, I the first thing I thought of was like, fuck this doo wop, this Billy yeah. Joel doo wop <laughs> shit. <laughs> Strictly, uh, sir, 80s, we Joel. only do eighties, Joel. Play something from the stranger. (laughs) Uh, That's the first thing I thought of. Um, But yeah, I love the soundtrack in that. And then that bodes well for you. If we watch any more John Carpenter, that's kind of like his hallmark is like those creepy scenes. He did did Halloween, right? Right. 
Okay, because I definitely got the Halloween sort yep. of uh, similar feeling from the score or whatever. Yeah, but, that's definitely his hallmark. Like he's actually a musician too. Like he's he uh, and his I, son's yeah. a musician. I saw he I does a lot of synth. See, yeah, I was surprised to see it said directed by John Carpenter and then music by John Carpenter. Yep. Oh yeah, he's he he releases whole albums. He released one like he's done like uh, uh, Lost Themes. He's done collections over like you know thirty years of his filmmaking. But yeah, he's like heavily involved with all of the soundtracks that he does, and like a lot of them are iconic, you know. And even ones that aren't so much like the shit that he did in Christine, you can after watching more carpenter films and then for me coming back to this i watched this christine for the first time last year it's like you can totally tell his fingerprints are all over it and i think they he he uses them perfectly contrasted with like you know the era of the car it was a 58 and like using the 50s doo-wop stuff and then like when christine's like on a rampage like those scenes like especially when it fucking uh when he catches on fire and he they yeah. finally he catches up to the last buddy Repertin did that. And it's just slowly rolling on fire and that music, that droning synth shit. And it's like, yeah, that was awesome. I love that about this. Yeah. I mean, obviously the, the biggest turning point in the movie was when the bullies find out where he's keeping the car and come in and fuck it up. Yeah. And even if you weren't into the movie before then, then you kind of have to sit forward like, oh, this is not going to end well for these guys. Yeah. They come in and bash the shit out of it. Somebody defecates on the dashboard. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I forgot that from the, the first viewing last year. But yeah, they, they do a total number on this car. And I guess before that too, so he shows up like once he's charioted out, he's made this, like he's had this supernatural fucking like nuptials with this car. Then he shows up like it's his coming out party, you know, like he comes out to the football game and everyone sees him and he's all, Hey, isn't that Cuntingham? Yeah. And, uh, the fat guy, the crotch grabber fuck is like, I know where he keeps it. So that sets up, you know, later on, they're going to go fucking beat the shit out of his car because before when Arnie was getting bullied, homeboy, 37 year old bouncer pulls a fucking <laughs> switchblade on him. And he gets him into trouble. He's like, yeah, you had a switchblade on me. And so that dude goes away. He gets, like, expelled. So he's going to come back later for his just desserts. But um, so, yeah, he, he goes to the football game. Everyone sees it. And then and then they introduce to uh, – do you remember this gal, Alexandra Paul, who plays the character Lee? Do you, do you remember what she's from? No. I looked up her stuff and didn't recognize her from anything. A little show called Baywatch. I she was overshadowed it. by Pamela Lee and Carmel Electra, Erica Leniak, Yasmin uh, Bleeth. Pamela Anderson. Sorry. Um, yeah, she. I think she was kind of overshadowed. And they didn't do any favors when they fucking chopped her hair off when they gave her that fucking short haircut. But uh, I thought she was an absolute fucking smoke show in Christine thoughts inquiring minds want to know yeah yeah for sure um i thought it was I'd do funny. Just, <laughs> it'd be so funny to find out she was 13 when they filmed this movie and you're like yeah i'd fuck hey. her 
but she was probably like 37, like a homeboy, cheap, no. cheap uh, roadhouse knockoff guy, which I thought was so funny at the football game where his friend, what's his friend's name? Jason or Dennis. When Dennis gets hurt because he's like running down the field and he looks over and sees Arnie making Dude, out with that the, was... the hot chick and he's yeah. just, he can't handle it. And then it's funny because they, they flash over to the the dickhead Boldy guys who are on the opposing team stands because yeah. that's where they go to school now because they were expelled. <laughs> and they have to make it so clear by putting all the the yellow, you know, people behind them like, we we are rooting for this team. Like okay, right. yeah, we get it. And then when this guy gets his fucking bell rung, and they're <laughs> they're cheering like yeah, <laughs> yeah, they make it very clear. They're like yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. That's yeah. can you imagine other people in the stands like take it easy, guy? Jesus, dude. As a as a former football guy, that's the one gripe I have with this fucking film is that part is so unrealistic and stupid. I was and wondering. not only not only that, but it's like you could have made it realistic and totally believable so easily. What's your like, what's your gripe with it? Consult someone that ever caught a pass, you know? Cause so he's running down the flat. Dennis is running and you see him. He zeroes in. He sees Arnie and he's got Christine. It's cherried out. He's like, what the fuck? And then he gets out with Lee, the smoke show, Alexandra Paul, who's new to school. And he's like making out with her on the hood of the car. First of all, the timing doesn't match up when he's running his fucking route for all this. But secondly, he goes into the end zone and then it shows him flat footed. He comes to a complete stop and is looking at the car and then in one quick cut, he's like, oh, shit, yeah, I'm playing a football game. I need to jump, and the ball's going to be right there. And he jumps up in the air and does, like, a 180, and he goes up and catches the ball. And then he comes down, and he gets, like, flat. He gets high load by two people and, like, busts his knee. It's like, that's not what would happen, dude. You'd be, like, you'd be running your route. You'd see this stuff. You'd cut. You'd look up for the ball, and you'd jump up and catch it. You wouldn't go into the end zone, sit there, look at this car, and be like, oh, yeah. I'm in a football game and then jump back and catch the ball. It's like, that wouldn't fucking happen. Like anybody else will agree with me. I'm, I'm sure it just, it felt, it felt really plastic and it could have, it could have been more realistic. It could have been filmed realistic. Fuck. I wish it would have paid more easily. attention because literally like right at that moment, I had to pause it because the missus came home on her lunch and I was like, Oh, okay. I'll pick this up in a minute. And so when I push play again, it was kind of disjointed, like, oh, wow, this guy just got fucked up. So I should go back and look at it, because I, I didn't pick dude, up on dude, that at all. Dude, watch it scene, like, like frame by frame. Like, that seems weird, like, the way that they filmed it. But that's a super minor gripe, and it's not like I'm Joe fucking football, and I never played wide <laughs> receiver. But just, like, knowing a cursory knowledge of the game, it, it felt kind of artificial and just took me out for a slight second. But... I'll give it a huge pass because I love this fucking film. But um, and I yeah, will say that part, uh, I was like, that's that felt so cheese fucking ball because the rest of the movie's not. I feel like the rest of the movie's dope. It, it's leaving Netflix the thirty first. So yeah, I saw that too. So you got to get on it. Yeah, but I'm sure it'll it'll get picked up by some other thing, especially to in the run up to Halloween here. Shutter might get it on their service or, but. 
Yeah. Um, oh, so I had a tangent question. So this made me think about like, you know, high school era and like first cars and like, you know, first loves and all that kind of stuff. I was like, and I, I had a, I had a fun experience with my first car, but what was, I'm curious, what was your first car in high school and what were the, uh, circumstances around it? So I actually, I'm born in October, which apparently means I'm either older than everybody or younger than everybody. Doesn't make any sense to me, but (laughs) so I was, I went into, you're going to love this. Went into kindergarten and I was ready to go into first grade and they were worried that I would be like older than everybody or something. So then I went to something they euphemistically called junior first, which was just kindergarten again. (laughs) So, but then when I got into like first, second and third grade, I was just so much better than everybody else, obviously, that, (laughs) that I skipped third grade oh funny story behind that third grade was the first time i was ever called racist (laughs) because the teacher it was this was at a christian school oh boy the teacher i won't say her name bitch she (laughs) she was like okay everyone um just take a seat on the ground cross-legged and I was like, oh, do you mean Indian style? And she's like, you're racist. <laughs> oh, my God. What? And it's like, so, I know that's a big fucking no-no now, probably. I think it is. Like, you can't say that shit anymore. But, dude, come on, dude. Growing up, I remember saying fucking sitting Indian style. And yeah, no one had well, a fucking problem with it. And I think I was like eight or nine or something. So I was like, oh, I'm dude, sorry. Dude, this is way before, like, the woke parade and all that that you got nipped by that. That's crazy. Yeah, she was such a cunt. Anyway, so I just skipped up to the next grade. So then I was younger than everybody. So when I when I went into high school, I was 13. Okay. Just because of, I don't even know how the fuck it works based on my birthday. So you got whatever. held back and you jumped back forward. So you were yes. like, at so they even. Put, they put me in school early, held me back because they thought, eh, he's kind of young. <laughs> And then I Sorry. jumped ahead because they're like, this guy's he's just gifted. And you know what? He's racist and gifted. We need to move his- <laughs> We need to get this guy ahead. And so when I when I went to high school, I was 13, and I ended up graduating a semester early. So I was, I don't know, like 16 and a half. So like by the time I got out of high school. I had barely been 16. Anyway, so I started working. Dude, that's and, crazy. Uh, but the the short answer is, first car was a 97 Tacoma, and I fucking loved that truck. Ended up getting T-boned by a guy who ran a red light, and then he tried to sue yep. me, which was fun. Dude, that's... E- that's eerie that I've never heard this before. And I've known you fuck, more than a I wanna, decade. I want to fucking kill this guy still, but I have a similar story too. That's crazy. Sorry. Keep going. No, that's about it. And okay. Yeah. So did, so did you get screwed by that? And you were, where you found at fault by insurance and you didn't 
So no. you, you had to like save up for another car or how did that go down? Your next uh, car? My insurance denied his claim. His insurance denied my claim. And so we were both just kind of fucked. But I can't remember how it works. You have, you have like two years to file a lawsuit for property damage, but three years for like personal injury or something. And he waited until like the very last day to try to sue me. So then my insurance guy came to me and was like, Hey, this guy's suing you. Tell me what happened. So we got in a car together and I took him exactly where we were. And I was like, this fucking guy, uh, he was, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's in a downtown area where the lights are timed. It's not like censored. Yeah. So this, this guy was driving through the lights, timing them, right? And I was in the intersection turning on a yellow. And so mm-hmm. he just blew through the light and hit me and then claimed that I ran a red light. Anyway, not super interesting, but fucked my truck up. I loved it. Had to sell it for dirt ass cheap. And yeah. that sucks. Yeah. You have a similar Crap. one? Yeah, it's kind of freaky. I have a similar story, but I I think I held on. How long did you hold on to the car before that happened? Your first before car. I sold it? Yeah, but or before that accident happened. Like how long did you have the car? Um hmm, that's a good question. Probably like two years, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty similar. I I had a uh I got a 1986 Buick Regal. At the time my stepdad was a uh a used car salesman. Um Let me have it. Uh <laughs> He but he honestly though, he he like people have pre- preconceived notions about used car salesmen, like their snake oil salesman or something, but he really wasn't. He was a good dude. But um so he picked up this car this older car for me. It was a grandma car. Like it only had like 28,000 miles on it. And this was in like 2001. So it was an 86 uh, Buick Regal little grandma car. Uh, it was super well taken care of. So he bought it and like, he was like, give me a hundred bucks a month. And you know, it was like a, an exercise and responsibility kind of thing. Yeah. So that's how I got the car. And um, it had a 307 engine in it. V8. So Wait, it was what low was the, power. What was the mileage again in the year? It was like 28,000 miles and it was an 86 and I got it in 2001 and it was owned by a little old lady. So she put like 1,000 miles a year on it? Yeah, she hardly ever <laughs> drove it. Dude, this thing was like cherry. Like it was like garage. It was like it was like stock cherry for 1986. It was a completely stock car. Like didn't Hell have any yeah. fancy bells or whistles or anything. It didn't even have a uh, water temperature gauge on it. I had to get one of those added after the fact. I blew a head gasket in it. That's a whole other story. But um, yeah, so I had an 86 Buick Regal cream yellow in color. And it was an old grandma car. And it was, it was a lot of fucking fun. It was it was super fun. It yeah. didn't have a lot of pickup off the line, but it had a four Don't barrel say. carburetor. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it it surprised it would sneak up on you because it was a V eight. Had that top end. A, yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. Like you would, I would stand on the fucking gas and nothing would happen. <laughs> it was like a spaceship, and then it'd be like, 
and then it had a four barrel carburetor so it just dumped the gas in and then so it had it had a lot of good pickup on it you know but off off the line it was real slow but yeah it was just it was such a fun car but yeah i got fucking t-boned in that like i had it probably for three years and when i came up to chico i got t-boned over by the college there by uh kind of by the bear and like a parking structure but yeah it was like a left turn it was fucking i had green it wasn't even yellow and i turned left like i waited for oncoming they went no one behind them took a left bam got hit on the fucking passenger side i had the window down on my driver's side you know summertime just cruising one hand on the steering wheel and when i got hit i don't know how fast he was going maybe 20 25 to 45 somewhere in there but yeah he fucking hit me and my so my head went outside the driver's side window (laughs) and it came back and reverberated on the hood like the top part of the door so i had blood coming down my hair there was a bunch of glass everywhere it like pushed me out like you know uh to the other side of the street and my whole dude if i would have had a passenger they they would have been hurting because it was like a V shape that came into my passenger side and made a V and met up like the apex of that V was right at the center console. Damn. Like barely missed me. And uh, yeah, they ended up finding me like 51% at fault, 49% Why? against him. This dude that hit me was like an out of town professor. Cause we were in Chico. So Chico state. And he was, he was a, like an adjunct professor from, university of arkansas that came up on like a speaking speaking trip and he was driving a fucking rental car and he said i ran a red light and that's what the cause of the accident was like my insurance adjuster came out i drew a map they did all this shit you know and i had witnesses and then they fucking never came to my defense later when it came down to the fact they were just like no shot no no call no showed on me and uh so that yeah that was a tough because base so basically i was out a car and i got nothing in return yeah. uh which was i mean at the time i was like well fuck i'm glad i didn't have to pay anything at least but right. yeah that was that was bittersweet because i really loved that car a lot um but yeah, yeah, anyway, fucking side tangents. It's funny that you had kind of a similar experience getting Dude, that getting is, that is almost exactly the same experience I had. Yeah. And it's probably like weird. three blocks from where I was because I was in front of really? Jack. I was in front of Jack's I, at six in Maine. Oh fuck. I was gonna ask, was this like old Rockland or was No, this, this was six in Maine. This wow. dipshit fucking knocked me almost all the way to the senator for you local folks <laughs> what year did that happen i'm curious because this happened to me in like 2004 2005 ish this was um 2008 i think okay and he got out of the car like what the fuck Dude, <laughs> I, was, oh. <laughs> I was red hot man yeah yeah i was i was red hot I was about to fucking kill this guy. He was like, he looked like a 45 year year old version of me now. Um, (laughs) So there's like two Dobermans staring at each other, you know, but like right across the street, like, like 20 feet away, there was a construction crew like remodeling a fucking house and they saw it all happen. And that's who a couple of my witnesses were those fucking assholes. It didn't come to my, 
defense when it mattered. Yep. Cause I remember talking to him after he's like, Oh yeah, here's my business card. He was like yeah. the main contractor there. He's like, Oh, I fucking saw all that shit, dude. That's fucked up. I'll, I'll help you out. Fuck you, man. Whoever the fuck you are. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he was totally on my side, but they were holding me back and like the cops got there and they were like, what happened? And I remember my buddy came to pick me up and I just pointed at him. I was like, this motherfucker. Like I was like, I was losing my shit, man. I had like, and I probably, it probably looked crazy. Cause I didn't feel it. You know, like when like weird, yep. sh- like crazy shit happens and like a little bit of glass had like cut my head. So I had blood coming down my forehead, down, down my face. And I didn't even realize it. And I was like hostile, but anyway, yeah, this, this movie reminded me of that. And like that kind of time <laughs> and place, like first cars yeah. and like like how cool it is to have that much fucking freedom and like being 16 and just driving like i remember so many times like just driving at night like it wasn't even weed related but just like having like you know stoner thoughts and like just driving and how cool it was to just be driving my own shit at night like like the possibilities seem endless kind of thing like but back to the film um I didn't really buy to how quickly like he shacked up with uh, Alexandra Paul with Lee. It's like they insert her as like the new, this new really classy dame at this, this school. And it's like, Oh, okay. This is the love interest. And like, as soon as Arnie starts getting cooler, he strips the glasses. He's talking back to his folks. He's fucking got this dope car. And then he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, now he's with this Lee character. And then he takes her to like a drive-in movie. The car tries to fucking kill her. And then it starts, then shit starts escalating. Then like Carrie starts actually killing people. So Um, one thing I will say that I kind of remember from the book is. Yeah. That's the other thing I meant to ask you. Like if there's, as we go along, if there's any key differences that you liked or didn't like, or just to call up, call out key differences from the book and the film. There's not a ton that I remember, but when I was watching the movie, I remember thinking like, oh, this is kind of from the outside perspective of this guy and his kind of descent into madness. Right. Right. There's no real explanation of how he met up with her, how he kind of like started to bow up on his parents, how he is, you know, going down this uh, line of insanity it's from the perspective of like his friend and his girlfriend or whatever. I feel like in the book, there was a lot more explanation from his point of view. I think Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but I remember thinking, watching the movie, like, I feel like they needed, they explained how, you know, this fucking dork was able to pick up on this hot chick, you know? Yeah. I read too, that more in the book, they, they, do like a uh they make more of a concerted effort to draw out like a plot a side plot with dennis his friend and lee them having something going on which fuels Artie's jealousy a little bit more too that's just what i read like um briefly like in the some of the differences between the book and the film that they cut a lot of that out of the film i guess there's more and it makes sense, you know, you can't fit everything from a book into a film, but I thought maybe a little bit of that, if they could have inserted that into the film would, um, could serve it a little bit better. Um, 
Yeah, that's interesting. That's I don't, I don't really remember that. But there was a couple points during the movie where they were, they were getting a little snuggly with each other, and I thought that's mm-hmm. that's more than just platonic friends. But are you fucking her? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm just nodding on myself. <laughs> he shoots, he scores. Oh, get it. One of my one of my favorite parts is when like uh when Arnie he knows like so a- after his car tries to kill uh Lee understandably she's like yeah oh. like she knows something's going on with the car she's like i think i'm cool off this guy and arnie's at like the chop shop he's working on his car and he fucking calls her i love that part like when he's when he's like so what we're over he's like is that it and he's like you fucking bitch yeah. boom and slams the receiver <laughs> down and then picks it up he's like lee lee yeah. are you there and then he's just like <laughs> all bets are off it's like okay i'm like i'm i'm sucked into the inner sanctum of this car and it's just me and this car from here on out and then they start fucking killing people indiscriminately um, it's like the happy gilmore uh you yeah. know i've I seen those <laughs> finger pains you bring home and they suck i'm sorry yeah. baby <laughs> i want to kiss you all or what about over. at the at the drive-in when she starts choking and he's trying to get in and the other guy comes over to give her the Heimlich and he's like, get your hands off my lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> dude, to his credit, I thought that dude that was giving her the Heimlich was getting, he was a little too on her, like on her face. He was all, Ugh, uh, it seemed kind of like, well, at the end, I think he got a little exploratory with his hands, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that scene was weird. Yeah. Super weird with like the the glow and she's like choking and shit, but yeah. So I I love that part that for some reason he's like well, fuck you bitch and he fucking slams the phone down. Yeah. I was like, like I love yeah. that. Yeah, nice job trying to rehabilitate the relationship. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm perfect. Cool. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, you know everything's good. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, I want to hear it from your lips. Uh, dude, I just watched Side Tangent, that Friends episode with fucking Eddie, Adam Goldberg, who plays Mellish and oh, yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. Dude, there's like two episodes, but there's one that I forgot about. Like, I always think of the, uh, let me hear it from your lips. And like, yeah. you know, <laughs> if you think I'm leaving here with my fish, you're insane, Jack. Dude, yep. there's one part where they're fighting. And his retort, he's like, unbelievable. Like, yeah, <laughs> dude, I, there's so many scenes I forget about that one. It just caught me, dude. I've, it, it gave me a rolling belly laugh. <laughs> well, that was so good that in those prime, episodes. That was prime Matthew Perry Coke too. Was it? Okay. Oh yeah. I thought he was just on opiates. He was, he was probably on it all, but. Oh no. Big coke. He seemed like a real good time, Charlie. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then I wrote a note, especially here. I was like, okay, the the usage of shitter, like, so dumb. I don't, I don't like it. I no. don't at all. 
And I, I, I didn't have time to fucking look it up. Or is that something that you've ever heard of? Or is no. do you know for certain that's a, a Stephen, no. King, a Steve King ism? No, I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's meant only as a tool to show, like, like the transition between the two, the two characters. Because okay, you know, if the one guy said like, "Oh, that's bullshit." all the time and then and then the new guy says it it's like well that's kind of a common phrase so let's say something that nobody ever says ever yeah and then when the new guy says it it's like oh 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 yeah it's like yeah we get it yeah i really don't like that that usage of of shitter was that in the book too or is that a john carpenter insert to to stephen king's credit i guess I, we sh- I should ask that because i haven't read the fucking book i don't know for sure but it, it definitely seemed like his style like a king hallmark in that yes. book that he had to bring over into the movie yeah yeah i they i don't I, they don't beat it to death but i mean they use it enough where i'm like all right, I know this is your in language. Yes. Like, referring to a fucking asshole or some piece of shit. They're the shitters. Yeah. And there's a scene, too, where the <laughs> chop shop guy's all shitter. You know, like, I did. that's one thing that kind of rubbed me wrong. Like, It seems a little shoehorned. Movie. Yeah. Um, but then, so, yeah, I guess that leads us up to, like, so the car starts killing, he kills, like, the, oh, I, I gotta touch on this, because it was so dope, but, like, the, so, the bullies come back, they figure out where Arnie's keeping his car at the chop shot, Darnell's, who, do you remember that guy, too? He's from, uh, what's it called? Uh, Miracle, no, not Miracle on 34th Street. What the fuck is he from? It the old man miracle on 34th street i looked him no looked that's him up. that's that's homeboy from jurassic park Hammond. he's got a ton of credits but oh he's from uh miss doubtfire at the end when he's talking with robin williams when he's dressed up in drag and back and forth as miss doubtfire and they go to the restaurant at the very end he's trying to pitch like that show i don't anyway that. that's who this old guy is who owns the chop shop and uh so he uh so the bullies come out they beat the shit out of his car and i have to mention this too because it was it's even to this day i feel like it holds up like the the practical effects that they use to capture this but they beat the holy hell out of christine bust out the windows dent up the fucking doors they fuck it all up and uh then it shows like okay yeah this is how supernatural it is it can fucking repair itself so and then you see all the dents pop out and like the glass comes back together and it reanimates itself uh showing you that like the shit's like now that it's got it's hypnotized a new host for lack of a better term it had these supernatural powers are are on are on you know so it fully assembles itself after being like totaled. And the way that they filmed that was, I guess they had a bunch of stunt cars, like uh, prop cars for this, but there mm-hmm. was all, it was all practically shot and everything. So what they did was in certain panels of the car and portions of the car, they had these like special hydraulic uh, presses installed that they could trigger remotely. And so they filmed it getting beat to shit with these hydraulic presses folding in the sides of the car and the fender and, and like, you know, the side of the door and everything. And they, 
And then they edited it. They played it in reverse, so it looked like it was coming back together and like mm. reforming, like like yeah. That I thought that was that's I was a super how cool they did way. Yeah, because I remembered in the past I had heard like offhand, like oh yeah, that scene they filmed it in reverse. They beat the shit out of it and filmed it in reverse. And I was like, well, did they fucking like with computers edit out the people hitting it with a sledgehammer? Yeah, right. I was like, how did they exactly. do that? And I was like, oh, that's right. And then I read up on it in advance of the show. Like they had shit placed within the car that they could set off remotely. And that's how they, they beat it to shit. They destroyed it. And then they just played it back in reverse to show it coming whole, you know? So I thought, I thought that was really a really cool, especially for early eighties, you know, yeah. you can find some really cheap, ugly dog shit, looking film techniques for shit. And uh, I feel like that one holds up. Like I was like, Oh, that's rad that they were able to do that on such a low budget, relatively speaking for, for this time. But um, yeah. So then, then they go back, they track Christine, I think by herself. Yeah. It's by like, it's possessed. It's got these supernatural powers and it goes out and kills all these people without Arnie in it. So it kills all the bullies that talk shit to him and, and fuck up the car. And my favorite scene, probably one of my favorite scenes is what we alluded to earlier with the cool music. It fucking, it finds buddy Ripperton, all the bullies. It fucking runs into one completely. It blows up a gas station. It's <laughs> on fire. Buddy Ripperton starts running away down the street. And then it's got like the, the, I think the most iconic shot of the film probably is Christine on fire, blacked out windows, cruising down this country road, like t- 10 miles an hour, just stalking this dude running. And then it fucking runs him over. And that, I think that scene was practically shot too, like really well, like a stunt guy probably wrapped up in shit Kevlar and crap and, and like set on fire and it just slowly rolls him over. And the, the music, that scene, I feel like it was done really well. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Then at that point, then it's like, there there is, I should mention, uh, the, the cop that seems like he's kind of on Arnie's trail is played by Harry Dean Stanton, which is known to a lot of people. He's a good character actor. Um, I liked him a lot in uh, Repo Man with Emilio Estevez. Uh He's kind of on to Arnie from what I've seen in the book. He's a little bit, he plays a a little bit of a larger role and I think he's actually killed by the car. Oh shit. I don't remember that. But I I do remember him having kind of a bigger role kind of sniffing around because it is super weird. I would have liked a little bit more of that in the film too. I know this film, I think it's in like an hour and 50 minutes somewhere around there. So maybe they had Mm -hmm. to, I mean, you got to cut some things. You got to make some tough decisions. I'm sure when you're trying to condense a fucking novel into a film like that. But, um, I feel like he could have used a little bit more maybe in the film, but, um, so yeah, he doesn't die. And so he's, Arnie's got a little bit of heat on him there, but, and then it kind of culminates in like his buddy, Dennis knows there's something up. Cause there's a previous scene too, where he tries to go in and see what's going on with this car and he tries to open it. And then a 50 song plays like, you're not, you can keep knocking, but you're not coming in and it fucking spooks him and he leaves. So he's, and then what happens to Lee? Like she says, it fucking did something, this blinding light choked her or whatever. <clears throat> so he's like fully on board that like 
And he can see too, Arnie, his attitude, his demeanor. He's like turning into this like greaser from the fifties. And I saw too in the trivia, like they even made a concerted effort to show the transformation by like, he starts dressing in like, cause this, this film takes place in like 1978, but he buys his car. Christine's from 58. He starts dressing in styles that were, um, part of that era. Like the fucking, the little, leather vest he starts wearing he starts slicking his hair back and so uh so his buddy dennis knows there's something going on with this fucking car uh and he also knows to the backstory that i won't get into here so we don't draw this out more than we already have but there's some weird shit about the car like it fucking killed some people and drove the previous owner insane you know so dev his buddy dennis and lee are both like we need to just destroy this car is what we need to do um it's the common denominator and it, the, the culmination is kind of cheesy. They like go back to the wrecking yard and they fucking destroy Christine. Arnie gets ejected and fucking stabbed through the, the chest or the, the belly with, with glass and just dies kind of unceremoniously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they crush the car and then it gets fucking squashed into a, a cube at the very end the next day. And then they hear like music playing out of the car and they're like, Ugh. yeah, roll credits, you know, like, well, no, you're missing one thing. What happens? Well, they look over at the cube and they hear the, the doo-wop fifties, whatever music. Oh, right, right, right. And they freak out, but then they see like a dude who's walking by with the stereo. Oh, and it's that's like, right. Oh no. The music is coming from him, not the car. So the car is dead, but as it's panning out or whatever, you see the car like move a little bit. Yeah. It makes a little twinge and then it cuts. So I did like that. The very, very end. I I like that little wink to the audience, but (laughs) everything before that, like, like from the time they decide we're going to use a a fucking backhoe to squash this thing and kill it the car and how quickly Arnie just kind of dies. That part I felt like could have been massaged yeah, from, and done a little from bit like differently. a piece of glass to his temtem. Yeah. That, that did seem kind of dumb. Yeah. I thought for how integral he was to the story, I feel like all of a sudden it's like, Oh, it's Dennis's story. All of a sudden, like, no, he's the guy. I don't know. That's that's just what I thought. I, I feel like Arnie should have had a better uh, send off. Yeah. They could. I don't know what that fucking is. I'm not a genius, but <laughs> I f- <laughs> I feel like something could have yeah. been better than that. But I won't. I won't rip it too much because as a whole, like I liked. I liked the whole package. You know, like it. It's just got a really cool vibe to it. I don't yeah. know how to. It's fun. Describe it. It's yeah. a fucking fun movie. <laughs> if you don't like it you're dumb yeah oh shit one <clears throat> to backtrack a little bit one of my one of my favorite fucking parts can you guess what it is this is i'll give you a hint it's probably about halfway maybe two-thirds of the way through arnie's transition into fucking sullen sunken black under his eyeballs greaser um Can't, it's I a can't familial scene. Oh, when he beats the shit out of his dad, he calls yeah. his dad a cocksucker. 
Dude. <laughs> or when his dad tries to bow up on him and he's like, you're a bitch. <laughs> Dude, I love that scene. I loved it so much. It's probably like, you know, fucking fantasy fulfillment of like previous stepdads. Like, ah, I wish I could have done that, you know, yeah. but just the way that the dad, like he bows up against the dad and then the dad fuck like the way they filmed it. I feel like th- that was awesome. Like the way that they, like they, I feel like those two actors in that moment really went for it. Cause he fucking, he grabs the dad grabs Arnie by the fucking shirt and slams him against the wall. Like I was like, mm-hmm. Oh yes, dude. It looks, it looks very realistic. And then yeah. Arnie comes back fucking hand to the throat and the, the way the dad played it like he's he's afraid of his son like you totally buy it like he's he's afraid of this motherfucker and like the way he's like Ugh. and then arnie just goes up the stairs and is like good night like sweet <laughs> dreams or something like that i was like oh dude i'm gonna he's hit the fully sack. transitioned yeah yeah that's what he says like i'm gonna hit the sack yeah like <laughs> dude i love that scene that's one of my favorite scenes too in this film like it's like the the, tr- the transition is complete at that point yes like there's like a line in the sand it's like okay the parents are now afraid and yeah they're well, yeah, not in the equation the fucking anymore. mom was crying at the table before then yeah god what does he say before that he's like fuck you or yeah he he says something he's he's pretty tough about it and then the fucking dad's like well i'm not gonna stand for this you know like (laughs) and he fucking bows up hard but immediately gets checked back by arnie like that just like (laughs) boom boom like i love that fucking scene that's one of my favorites but yeah shit like that like i've seen a lot of stuff from like the late 70s to the early 90s uh that doesn't have this kind of like vibe and like depth to it so and you know it's fresh eyes on i just watched this last year for the first time and um over the years i've become more and more of a john carpenter fan too outside of halloween and all that because i was a pretty i was a latecomer to a lot of his movies including you know all of his seminal films like halloween um which a lot of people look back on him and rightfully so it's it, it's a great film but i don't think yeah. like i i feel the same way about like exorcist like the first exorcist and exorcist 3 like when it came out in the 70s yeah i'm sure the fucking exorcist 1 was super creepy and scary i watched exorcist 1 way later in life and i was like yeah it was it was good but it, it like didn't freak me the fuck out yeah exorcist I had the, 3 I had the same though, experience Dude, Exorcist 3 with George C. George C. Scott and Brad Dourif. Dude, that movie creeps me out way more. Like that. Oh, yeah? I've never seen oh, it. Oh, yeah. What? Dude, Exorcist 3 is awesome. And if you're a George C. Scott fan, he's awesome in it. He's fucking great. And Put it's, it on the I, to me, Halloween list. Dude, that's a good call, actually. Because to me, it's infinitely... I know this is going to be a really hard, hot take right here. But I think Exorcist 3 is infinitely more scary and creepy and gets under your skin more than the first one does but the first one was not scary at all well it has that reputation like you know people passed out in theaters it came out in like what 1973 that's marketing when that came out though too like nothing else like that had come out so we've been exposed to a lot more it's everything's exponential you know and like now like more graphic more gory more 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 so but 
Anyway, that was kind of a tangent, but yeah, that is a good call actually. I, that's one I forget about, but then when I think about it and I'll, I'll rewatch it and I remember how, just how good and like, uh, affecting it is. What's your George C. Scott? Do you remember him from Angus? Um, do you remember the movie Angus? I I always confuse Angus with heavyweights. Same guy, right? No. Kind of similar though, because Angus is like a fat kid who's like on the the outskirts of the of popularity and like the school social culture and it, it shows him like develop more confidence and go for the girl and like blah blah blah. But George C. Scott is his grandpa. And he's, he's just raised by his grandpa and he's super good in it. Like, I feel like it's one of the better actually like, you know, mid late nineties, like coming of age tales. Cause it's, I, it, it feels really realistic. I don't like, think it's I've not seen Hollywooded it out, but I do feel that there is a heavyweights connection and I base that Maybe. on nothing. I think it's just that the per- main protagonist of Angus is overweight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pulling at straws here. That's the only thing I can I can cross reference in my brain right now. But anyway, all right. So that's that's been Christine. So you you liked it. This was a, a rousing success. Yep. Oh yeah. Sweet. Awesome. I'm glad. That that's a good kickoff. To, <laughs> that gives me confidence for the the rest of my picks here. For and two, I mean this, we can we can be flexible too. If there's something like, is there anything like Halloween for the Halloween season you've wanted to watch, and like this might be a good uh, medium to cash in that chip? Uh, no, I'm not a big Halloween guy. Okay, but I'm that's, hoping well to- you. We'll get you there. Whatever. Okay. And I won't make you watch it follows. So just cool your fucking jets. God, not again. (laughs) I was kind of crushed when you said I didn't like that. I I thought I was hoping that was something that we could that you would like. Uh, Damn you, Scuba Steve. (laughs) Chase, what the fuck were you thinking about here? Um, uh, I don't have anything, I guess we touched on it earlier. I can't remember what the fuck it was for colloquial corner. Maybe talking about shitter, how stupid it is. If anybody's ever heard that or knows that to exist outside the Stephen King universe, fucking send us an email, wax, waxing the porpoise.com. Let us know what you think. Um, or if you agree that it's dumb. Um, but one thing that I've been or before I do, is there anything else about Christine you want to talk about before we move on? No, not at all. Solid recommend if you've never seen it to this point. I think it's a it's a fine horror film. It's not specifically Halloween, although portions of it do take place in October. Uh, I think it's if if you haven't seen it and you're a fan of John Carpenter, definitely fucking check it out. And if you're not, definitely check it out because it's dope. Um, it's not dumb. Like I thought it was like, I thought (laughs) stupid car kills people. 
yeah. dumb. And then I watched it and I was like, this is pretty dope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen this little movie called Christine? Um, so one thing I've noticed lately and uh, is I've, I've been seeing a lot more Denzel Washington uh, like clips of him talking like outside of films, like being interviewed and talked to. And I'm like, dude, this motherfucker, I feel like if you, if civilization collapses and then in like a hundred years, a thousand years, they're able to come back and find our media or like see what the world was like. I feel like he would be like a Messiah figure or he would be like, he would be the best representation of humans like this is the guy he should be president like he should be like a thought leader because of some of the shit he says and like the way like the way he looks when he's talking he's just pearl pearls of wisdom every time he opens his fucking mouth it's insane have you noticed that or picked up on that not at all really dude okay <laughs> check this out check this out all right so we're gonna we're gonna do a screen share here Look at look at the key in on the way like his facial features too and his mannerisms when he's talking about shit. Watch. His like make, eyes, he's very that, expressive. Can you make that bigger? Yes. Ah It's like Denzel is like too big. right with us. He's here. It's him. It's Himothy. <laughs> Dreams without goals? My just dreams. Come on. And ultimately, they fuel disappointment. Exactly. On the road <laughs> to achieving your dreams, you must apply a discipline, discipline. but on. more importantly, consistency. consistency. Because without commitment, you'll never start. But without consistency, you'll, you'll never, never finish. finish. Dreams without goals. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't hear anything because my eardrums are blown out by how <laughs> fucking loud that was. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'll have to fix that in post. Um, Please don't play it again. <laughs> Dude. Okay. Another one. Where? Where is it? This one. He's talking about fake news. Dude. Okay. Buzz about this fake news. You were the subject of a fake news story. Oh yeah, what they say? I was running for president. No, no, no I voted. No, what they say? You switched your support. I switched. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What do you make of all the fake news that it affects? If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. Hmm. So what do you do? That's a great question. <laughs> what is the long-term effect of too much information? One of the effects is the need to be first, not even to be true anymore. So what a responsibility you all have to be, to tell the truth, not just to be first, but to tell the truth. We live in a society now where it's just first. Who cares? Get it out there. We don't care who it hurts. We don't care who we destroy. We don't care if it's true. Just say it. Sell it. Anything you practice, you'll get good at, Inclu including BS. You Hold told on. me last time. <laughs> okay. But you heard. Right? Dude, I've never agreed with anybody more ever than that. <laughs> I mean, that's so true. Like, the the modern media is, don't get it right, but get it first. Say it. Sell it. He's exactly right. 
It doesn't matter if you're right, but you got to be first. He's such like a good speaker. Like I was like, is this from a film? Like he's so like expressive well, nobody, with the eyes gonna and like disagree with him. Nobody's going to be like, no, no, you wrong. can't, you can't. He's at this level where he's like, that's what I'm saying. Like if, if shit goes to hell and people come back and like can sift through the ashes of our civilization, it's like, it's him. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> I mean, you Dude, know how much one, I love the equalizer. So you're Dude, preaching to the this choir, one's brother. A, this one's awesome, too. This is a quick hitter. There's a saying, when the devil ignores you, then you know you're doing something wrong. Wait, no, I'm not done now. <laughs> you know, the, the devil goes, oh, no, leave him alone. Man, he's my favorite. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Yeah. Conversely, when the devil comes at you, maybe it's because you're trying to do something right. Just the way he talks, it's like, it's insane. I'm sorry, I'm deaf now, because that was loud as <laughs> fuck. Sorry. <laughs> it's so hard to gauge this shit. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, one more, one more. Thomas, so every, every time you, 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 you get your get fucking your hand, right. say it with me. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll grab your hand yeah, and yo, you yeah, blame yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Hey. You get your fucking hands off me. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, oh, that was funny. <laughs> Dude, Jamie Foxx is fucking... He's got some impersonations down. Have you ever I seen thought, him do... I thought you had one about, like, the craft table, like, eating food, or... What am I thinking of? Of Jamie Foxx? No, Denzel, where he's like... I'm, you know I'm going to get it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking... Uh, where is it? This one? Oh, yeah. This. Can you turn it up to a thousand? A thousand degrees Fahrenheit? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so, so, so now we're leaving. I'm leaving without the Oscar, yeah. right? But as I'm leaving, I see the back of where they're doing the... They're getting the, the, the meal ready, the food ready yeah. for, the, for the governor's ball. Yeah, yeah. I see a big tray. I'm like, I'm leaving here with something. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm from the way. I'm leaving with something. <laughs> but yeah, like other clips, he fucking keeps it real. That's the thing I love about him. Oh, he like shit. drops these fucking pearls of wisdom, but he's he oh, also God. seems like one of these fucking like he's one of the boys, you know? Like <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just <laughs> Oh shit. All right. That's uh, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. That, so that I guess that was my ode to fucking Denzel there. Um, I've just been seeing more and more like some of the shit he says. I'm just like, dude, this guy has it figured the fuck out completely. <sighs> well, imagine being that famous for that long to the point where you can just say whatever the fuck you want. Finally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like he can be really real and not have any pretension about anything, you know, like, well, yeah. What are yeah. you going to do? You're going to try to cancel Denzel. Like he can yeah. say whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad I, I included that into this. Cause <laughs> yeah, 
Ugh. Denzel's the man. Denzel, 2024. Or Danny Gloves, 2024. Also. Uh, I'd vote for both. Alrighty. Another uh, fun one. Indeed. Um, So that'll do it for us. Uh, If you got any comments uh, about Christine or want to drop us a a sneaky Halloween deep cut uh, something for a first timer that might be cool, uh, let us know at uh, our email is <clears throat> wax at waxing the porpoise.com or you can reach out to us at uh, on Instagram at waxing the porpoise or Twitter at waxing the porp. Um, shout out again also to uh, ghoulish university. Thanks for having me on. I had a great time. Uh, check out their cast, especially if you love tales from the crypt um, as I do. Uh, it's it's been fun. It's been a good reason to get back into the series, especially going into Halloween season. Checking out all their episodes, they got they got some really good ones too. Like I think outside of this, I, I'll I'll shoot you a couple good recommends. There's this dude on YouTube actually. There's a couple outlets they've put. It's super hard to find on DVD, but um, without paying a fucking arm and a leg. But there's just there's a couple dudes that have. Um, all of them on YouTube for free. Every episode from all six or seven seasons that they did. There's one with Bill, our man, Bill, Bill Paxton. That's fucking excellent. Uh, called people in brass horses. So I'll shoot you that one for sure. I'll try to pick out a couple others that I think would be up your alley. But, um, so looking forward to next week, um, I really want to do, I think we should do, uh, the Mothman prophecies, which as of last week, I think it's rental only. There's multiple options uh, via YouTube, Vudu, Apple TV, a couple others. I'm surprised it's not somewhere on streaming right now, but um, <clears throat> it's not a straight Halloween tale, but it's definitely creepy. It involves like cryptid, possibly alien, just some, some weird shit. And uh, I think it's, it's fun too, because it's loosely based on a, uh, a series of quote unquote true accounts in West Virginia about the Mothman and whose sightings have since spread um, elsewhere from West Virginia. But there's this particular incident that they touch on in the film as well that mirrors uh, a real life story. That's pretty weird. Um, So if anybody has, hasn't seen that, I highly recommend it. And we'll be talking about that next episode. Um, from there, I, I, I've been thinking on it, and I talked with my wife about a couple. I might switch it up a little bit on a couple, but we'll talk about that off air. But yeah, the rest of this this month, September, when we release this in October, we're we're doing all horror. So, um, thanks for joining us for Christine. Had a lot of fun with this one. Um, definitely check Christine out if you haven't. I I feel like it fits nicely into that pre Halloween kind of category. Uh, or anytime really, but uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, and we will we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye. You have any moves? I'd like to see you incorporate them. All right. <laughs> that was so fucking loud. <laughs>
OGs do stuff back in the day. Dre is a BG. That means a baby gangster.